Welcome to Health Club with Julia. I'm your host, health coach, and registered dietitian, Julia Campagna. I'm on a mission to bridge the gap between looking your best and living your life to the fullest. After years of over-dieting, struggling with disordered eating, and destroying my social life, I finally found how to reach my dream physique without sacrificing the things I love. Now I'm sharing all my strategies and education with you. We'll be talking all things health, including hormones, metabolism, and lifestyle to help you cut out the confusion and start living. So get cozy and join the club. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Little side note. So last episode, I had mentioned that every single podcast that I had recorded, so all four of my first episodes, my voice was gone. And today I'm happy to say that I have my voice. It is not gone. So this is the first podcast I'm recording with my voice still fully intact. Um, So little side note there. But anyway, moving on to the good stuff. Today, we are going to be talking all about supplements. This is going to be an in-depth review of a bunch of different supplements. The fitness industry is loaded with supplements nowadays. Some of them are okay. Some of them are just not okay and overrated and highly used just because of marketing. So I feel like people use supplements because they're either trendy and they just want to like get on the train with trying the supplement but they don't actually really need them. Supplements are a tool. They can be a great addition to your regular diet and training, but they are not magic. And all supplements are just that. They're supplements to your daily activities and tasks. So if you are not doing what you need to do anyway with the, I'm using quotes here, the boring work, I call it. So like getting your sleep in, managing your stress, making sure you are drinking your water, having intentional training sessions, hitting your macro targets if you're counting macros or just having a nutrient-dense diet. If you're not doing those things on a daily basis, a supplement is not going to make the results just magically pop up. They are not magic. They are there to supplement your daily tasks and the things that you need to get done. So first and foremost, make sure you are doing the work every day with all the things you need to. So Again, that is included nutrition, training, sleep, water, stress, making sure your hormones are, you know, in a good place, making sure your digestion is good, all those things. Make sure you start there first. If you are not seeing results, then add in some supplements, but I'm going to go over a handful of supplements and give my opinion on if they're overrated, underrated, different information about them. So I'm, I'm going to explain everything and give my honest opinion on all of the different fitness brand supplements that you see out there. So I have a good handful of them. There's definitely a ton more that I could cover. So let me know if, you know, after listening to this, you want me to go over another supplement. I can make a part two to this and make a whole nother new list because there's so many. So if there's one that I did not mention and you want me to go over, let me know. If you want me to just touch on one specifically, also let me know. DM me. Let me know what you want to hear and I can make a part two if needed. But we are going to start off with number one protein powder. I feel like this is probably the most used fitness supplement out there. And honestly, I am a fan to a certain extent though. So Protein powder is exactly how it sounds, basically just protein broken up into powder. It can hit help you hit your target 
protein goals for the day. So if you're somebody who struggles to get your protein in every day, protein powder can help with that. It is a very convenient way to get in protein. So if you are somebody who is always on the go or maybe you didn't meal prep one week and you're lacking protein or if you just one day are not get, hitting your protein goal, you can easily just like put protein powder in a shaker with water, milk, any other things you want. You can either bulk it up and put like peanut butter or banana in there or just have just the protein powder by itself. Shake it up and you're hitting like on average 21 grams of protein with one scoop of protein powder depending on the brand that you use. But it is a very convenient and easy way to get your protein powder or whoa. <laughs> it is a very convenient way to get your protein in for your day. However, why I'm not so much a fan of it is because people can start to rely on it. You should be focusing on whole foods first. So not only are you getting your protein in, but you're also getting the additional nutrients from those whole foods. You can get a lot more variety of nutrients from whole food sources of protein than you can from a protein powder. So definitely focus on whole foods first with your protein. There's a ton of different protein sources out there. If you want me to talk more about protein specifically, I can definitely do another episode on that. But definitely aim to get your protein in from whole food sources. So a lot of people tend to rely on it. And when you are consuming, you know, two scoops or two protein shakes a day through protein powder, you know, maybe reevaluate your diet and whole food sources that you're getting it from first. Another reason why I might not be so much of a fan of it is because I am somebody who is very conscious about ingredients. More so in the last like year, year and a half, I've been really, really into like making sure I know what I'm putting into my body and trying to take care of my body in all ways, including the quality of my food. So if you are not somebody who cares for that, then this shouldn't be an issue. But if you are someone who cares about what you put into your body and want to really take care of it and have, you know, good, more natural ingredients going in, this is where you have to be wary because a lot of protein powders do have a ton of crap in them that can cause gut issues like bloating or gas or just other digestive issues and can impact your gut health. So be wary of what you are consuming. A lot of protein powder has different gums in them. So check the ingredients list, see if there is any sort of gum in your protein powder. That is something that really aggravates the gut and your gut health. And that is what can cause a lot of people the feeling of uncomfortableness when you have protein powder. So I'm going to give some of my recommendations on protein powder. These ones are more natural sources. They don't really have a lot of crap in them. You can check the ingredients list and they're pretty quote unquote clean. I don't love the term clean, but you know what I'm trying to say. So my first one would be Tropica. They have a lot of different flavors. Um, I believe my favorite I think was called salted caramel. It was really good. So they have a bunch of different flavors. Also, that's the thing. So a lot of kind of going on a tangent here, but a lot of more of those quote unquote clean protein powders lack flavors. What I've seen from the industry, it's more so just like your basic flavors like chocolate, vanilla, 
and that's kind of it with the clean proteins. But Tropica does have a wide variety of flavors. So if you're someone who likes flavored protein powder and trying different flavors, Tropica is a good one to go for. Another protein powder company that I like is So Lean So Clean. As the name suggests, it is a pretty quote-unquote clean protein powder supplement. They do not have a bunch of different flavors. I think they only have vanilla and chocolate, if I'm not mistaken. There might be another one. I think they might have a chai one, actually. I would have to check that out, but I have tried theirs. I will say Soli and So Clean does have a little bit of that grainy texture from like the natural sources of protein. So if you're not into that, maybe try a different one of the ones I'm suggesting, like Tropica or my third option. Um, so just disclaimer on that, it is a little bit more of a grainy texture. It was not my favorite. However, I would probably choose that over any other protein powder in the fitness industry that is quote-unquote not so clean. But my third one and my favorite one so far is Promix. I love Promix protein powder. It is so smooth. They have whey and plant-based protein powder. I do take the whey protein powder and it is amazing. I think they have limited flavors too. Theirs might only be chocolate and vanilla. I'm pretty sure. I have tried both. Chocolate is great. I prefer the vanilla actually over the chocolate, which is usually opposite for me. But for Promix, I prefer the vanilla one. It is really, really tasty. It's more like vanilla bean than a regular straight vanilla flavor. So it's really good. Definitely has, you know, those quote unquote clean ingredients. So those would be my top three recommendations for protein powder if you're somebody who is conscious about the ingredients that you're putting into your body. So that's what I'll say about that. But overall, I would say protein powder is helpful. It is useful. I would say not to rely on it. Definitely focus on your whole food sources first, making sure that you're getting it in mostly from whole foods. And only if you're struggling to hit your protein goal consistently, then maybe supplement with protein powder. So the second supplement I want to go over is related to protein powder. It's protein bars. So these I'm also kind of on edge with more so because of the, the ingredients in them, but they can be super convenient as well. I'm definitely not totally against them, but a lot of protein powders are also loaded with crap. And I feel like it's easier to hit your protein targets with protein powder like a cleaner protein powder than it is with a clean protein bar because quote-unquote clean protein bars don't have a lot of protein in them. So I feel like if you're going to choose one or the other, go with the protein powder if you're someone who is conscious about ingredients. However, protein bars can be super convenient. They're really easy to take with you on the go. You can just grab it and go. You can keep it in your car unless it's really hot out, then it will melt. So don't do that. I've tried. Um, but you can keep it like in your purse or just somewhere that's easy, easily accessible. If you work in an office and you have your own desk, you could keep it in your desk. You can keep it anywhere and it's really easy to one, get in a snack, two, get in some more protein in your day. So yes, very convenient. It can help a lot of people. On the other hand, like I already mentioned, a lot of them are loaded with crap. I would rather you get a your protein in with a nutritious protein-filled snack, something like Greek yogurt or cottage cheese or beef jerky, something that is more natural, has a lot more nutrients in it than a protein bar. Those things are also really easy to grab and go. 
obviously protein bars are easier they don't have to go in the fridge or anything like that like greek yogurt and cottage cheese both do but you can get the little cups of greek yogurt or cottage cheese and easily take that with you jerky can be stored just like a protein bar can and it's usually pretty clean ingredients and also can help get in your protein needs so that's my take on protein bars can be convenient not totally against them but just watch the labels and ingredients be aware but i would i would use that as a last source so i would try to get other protein filled snacks in first more natural ones and then go towards protein bars but not totally against them with my own experience with protein bars i used to have one like literally every single day and it really made me gassy and not feeling the best and when i took them out i felt so much better i really felt such a difference with my digestion and just the gas in general sometimes i would have painful gas sometimes it would just be i would i was just gassy tmi um but without them i literally felt so much better with my digestion and up to this day i probably have not this is a lie i definitely have had protein bars every now and then but i haven't had a protein bar daily like consecutive days in a row in like a year and a half I just feel so much better without them and I do try to get protein from other sources now more than protein bars. But again, that's just my own personal opinion, my take on it, how I felt on it and how I felt without it. Do do what you will with protein bars. They can be super convenient if you are struggling to get in protein or need another snack, something quick and easy. They're your go-to, but just watch ingredients. And I would say choose protein powder over protein bars personally because I feel like you can get more protein in with protein powder, especially if you're going for cleaner ingredient protein sources. The third supplement I want to ta- talk about is greens. And now I've talked about this in other podcast episodes already. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know my stance on green supplements. I think they are so overrated it's crazy, actually. I They are just popular because of marketing. I swear there's no other reason why they are that popular besides the marketing that goes into them. They are not magic. If you are not eating your vegetables, but you are taking... Pro, pro, uh, whoa, okay, backtrack. If you are not eating vegetables, but you are having greens powder every day, just no. No, don't do that. You should not be having greens powder as a substitute for your vegetables. You need to be getting in vegetables. Whole food sources have so much more nutritional value than a supplement does. So while yes, some greens powders do have quality ingredients, do have things that you might be lacking in your everyday diet, really focus on getting your vegetables in through whole food sources first. Can greens help with things like fiber, filling the gaps in your diet? Yes, they can. But if you're eating a whole foods, fruit, vegetable diet, you will get enough nutrients in, enough fiber in, and you'll also be helping your gut bacteria. A lot of people take greens powder because of digestive reasons and bloating. If you are focusing on the quality of your foods, your gut bacteria will thrive. You should have improved digestion from having quality foods in your diet. So just relying on greens powder is not going to do the trick. It's a band-aid for the the problems that you're having. So just focus on switching your dietary habits, getting quality foods in, and you will get all the nutrients, fiber, and 
digestive health benefits from just your regular diet. So that's my take on greens. I'm not going to talk about them much more because if you listen to previous podcast episodes and or followed me, you already know my stance on that. The fourth supplement I want to talk about is pre-workout and or energy drinks. I kind of am going to combine them since they are very similar. So pre-workout energy drinks, they are just a caffeine supplement. This also, I, I keep going back to like ingredients, but this point in my life, that's something that I'm heavily focusing on and pre-workout energy drinks are not great for the body. They have a lot of crap in them. So just beware of that. If your body does not rely on caffeine, don't just go and take pre-workout or an energy drink because it's trendy. I would rather you just use more natural forms of energy just by being or even like coffee, like have coffee over pre-workout. I am just against pre-workout and energy drinks. And also if you've been following me for a while, I used to rely on pre-workout. I used to have energy drinks or pre-workout every day. So I'm not perfect in that sense. I'm not saying like, oh my God, it's so bad and I've never been at that place. I used to have pre-workout or energy drinks every single day. Minus the weekends, I just switch over to coffee. Um, but yeah, I would, I would have it every day. It was so trendy. I loved dry scooping. I thought it was so much fun. I thought it was cool doing it. And I feel like that's another thing where people feel like it's cool to need caffeine. Like they'll just post their coffee. And again, I am someone who posts their coffee and I'm not against coffee. Um, but they'll post them dry scooping or post them with their energy drink. And it's like a cool thing to need caffeine. Like, Hey, don't, there's what is that motto it's like don't talk to me until I've had my caffeine or something like that like it's a trendy cool thing to need it but the issue is let's just actually address what's going on with you if you are tired and you can't function without caffeine it's not quote-unquote cool address the issue you have an actual issue going on if you are tired every single day all the time need caffeine to function address what's going on internally and you will resolve the problem and you won't need to rely on pre-workout or energy drinks anymore. Take it from me, I'm somebody who had it, like I said, every single day and I cut a cold turkey and I did not look back and that was it. I suffered for a little bit. It was not the funnest and it's funnest word. It was not the most fun and I really wanted to be trendy and cool and take my dry scoop in the morning and film it on Instagram. I really loved doing that But I knew that it wasn't the best for me, so I just cut it out and I will never go back. And that's that. So another thing with caffeine I want to mention, just in case people don't know, going back to ingredients, people get really itchy with pre-workout where they're like clawing their face and like feel like their whole body is tingling from head to toe. That is from the beta alanine in the pre-workout or energy drink. So check the label if you have a high dose of beta alanine and you don't want that itchy jittery feeling maybe switch pre-workouts or don't take it or just limit your dose because beta alanine is the ingredient that gives you that really really itchy feeling and some people don't like that so just be aware of that ingredient but another reason why i'm so against pre-workout and energy drinks and i feel like there's more studies coming out about this now than ever before but it can cause an increase in blood pressure and or heart rate because of the concentrated amount of caffeine. So let's compare like coffee, for example, a 
normal regular coffee can be from anywhere from like 70 to 100 milligrams of caffeine now if you're having like a starbucks drink or a like nitro cold brew espresso they might have a little bit more caffeine in them but on average it's like 70 to 100 milligrams for a pre-workout or energy drink on average they're probably like 250 to 300 milligrams of caffeine that is a lot all at one time. It's a very concentrated dose of caffeine that in turn can elevate your blood pressure, elevate your heart rate, and it can really affect your heart health. It can lead to things like panic attacks. I've heard about people having to go to the hospital because of their heart, because of caffeine in pre-workout or energy drinks. So it really can affect your heart health, cardiovascular health. So just be aware of that as well. If you're having it every single day, I would urge you to try to start cutting back on that or just not doing it every day like maybe every other day or three times a week so that you're not affecting other areas of health as well so that's another really important part about why I'm so against it just overall health of the body and the last point I want to talk about is the focus so a lot of people take pre-workout or energy drinks for the focus as well and this is due to the nootropics in the supplement itself but again this goes back to me saying if you can't focus if you're really tired fatigued and have brain fog try to find the root cause of that issue taking the pre-workout pre-workout or energy drink is not going to just magically help that go away. It might give you some focus short term because of that ingredient, but it's not going to help long term. It's just going to help when you take it. And usually you feel a crash after pre-workout again because of that concentrated amount of caffeine. So then your brain fog comes back. So if you're somebody who uses it for focus, I highly urge you to find out what the root cause is and take care of other areas like how is your sleep? How is your stress? More important things with biofeedback markers first before you just start taking pre-workout for focus. So number four, pre-workout energy drinks I think is overrated. I think that it can give you bursts of energy, but I feel like in my opinion personally, there's a lot more negative effects from pre-workout or energy drinks than there are positive So I would highly recommend finding out why you're so tired all the time, why you're having brain fog or fatigue, get to the root cause and fix that first and you will not have to rely on pre-workout or energy drinks. I am somebody who stands by that because I went through it myself and I know that I feel really great without any additional energy like that. I still do have coffee probably every other day, more like, I would say like three to four times a week, but it's a lot different than the pre-workout. So that's my opinion on pre-workout slash energy drinks. Number five that I want to talk about is creatine. This supplement is probably one of the only ones on this list that I think is highly underrated. This has been a hot topic for a while now. I feel like it is talked about a lot in the fitness space A lot of questions get thrown around creatine. A lot of people promote it and suggest it. I think it's very underrated. It has so many benefits. And honestly, I think everybody can and potentially should take creatine. Now, do I think it's necessary? No, I don't think any supplement is necessary for you to take. Personally, I am not taking creatine right now. But 
I do think that it could benefit everyone. Literally everyone, no matter age, gender, sex, well, that's gender, okay. Um, No matter who it is, I think that everybody can benefit from it. There's a lot of neurological benefits. There's studies done on immunological benefits. There's a lot of physical benefits from it. So I think this supplement in particular has a lot more benefits than negative side effects. So first of all, just kind of discussing what it is in general. Um, So it is made in the body naturally. We have creatine. It It is made in the body naturally. So basically, without getting too, too sciencey here, it basically helps you create more energy in the body in the form of ATP. ATP is what we use to give us energy. So like literally anything you can think of, your eyes blinking, your fingers moving, your mouth moving when you talk, that all uses ATP. So creatine generates ATP from ADP. And so think about it as ATP being like the energy currency of the body. Like I said, we need it for everything. The way that it works is creatine binds to a phosphate molecule or ADP to then create ATP, adenosine triphosphate. So it goes from adenosine diphosphate to adenosine triphosphate. And the ATP is then usable energy for the body. So basically, with additional creatine, you are pretty much just increasing the rate you recharge at. So I'm trying, I'll, I'll try to paint a picture for you. So think about you working out, right? Let's say you're doing squats. So you start your squats, you're feeling pretty good, a couple reps and you start to slow down. This is because ATP can only be used for like several seconds at a time. By the last rep, you know, you're struggling a little bit more, then you rest. The reason why you're able to then do your next set is because your body recharges ATP. It takes about two minutes for your body to recharge ATP molecules in the body. So another reason why we take longer rest periods on compound movements in our lifts is so that we can regenerate that ATP. Obviously for more compound movements, they're a bigger movement, they take more energy, they use more muscles, so we need more ATP regenerated. That's why you want to do like three to five minutes for your compounds, uh, three to five minute rest for your compound movements so that you are recharging that ATP to then use that energy again for your next set. So that is kind of the way to look at it, I guess. So hopefully you can get a picture from that. So you're doing your squats, you're using ATP, you're kind of draining that out, then you rest and you recharge. So by adding creatine via supplement, you are basically increasing that recharge rate. You are increasing the rate that your body has and you're able to store more energy in your muscles. So while you can get benefits for ATP through your diet, we are not really maximizing our our storage of energy through diet alone, especially vegans, vegetarians, you are not doing so. So that's where a creatine supplement can be beneficial to really maximize the energy stores in our muscles and help us have more of that that energy available to us. So dosage-wise, 3 to 5 grams is the typical dose for somebody who is a little bit heavier. So for example, men, if, you know, like 200 to 15 pound men, they're a little bit bigger you can go up to like seven to 10 grams, but the average dose is three to five for women. I would just say stick with that. 
Um, there's a lot of questions about loading it, and basically what that means is taking a larger amount in a shorter time frame because it takes about four to six weeks to really saturate the muscles and give it more of that storage energy. So you do have to be patient with it. That is why it is important to, if you are taking creatine to be really consistent with it every day. You should be taking it every day, even on rest days. That's another question that I get a lot is, should you take it on rest days? Yes, you want to take it every day because it takes a little while for your body to really saturate with storage energy in your muscles. So loading basically means you're taking a larger dose in a shorter amount of time. So for example, you take can take like 20 grams for a few days and kind of increase the rate at which you're, you're saturating your muscles. However, that you can run into some digestive issues with that and get issues with that. So on average, I would just say stick to three to five grams a day. You do not need to load it. Just be patient with it. And a couple weeks in, you will start to feel more and more effects of it. But that is my take on creatine. Very underrated. I think more people should take it. Everybody can take it. Everybody can see benefits from it. Like I said, neurological, cognitive benefits. There's a lot of studies on that. There's a lot of studies on immunological benefits. So your body being able to recover and just your immune system working a bit better, as well as the physical benefits by just increasing muscle mass or helping to increase muscle mass, more energy, more steady energy, I should say. So there's a lot of benefits to it. And on that note with energy, unlike pre-workout where you're getting a very concentrated amount of caffeine in a very short period of time, creatine is very steady and it's actually helping your body's molecules. Whereas pre-workout is literally just a dose of caffeine to your body, creatine is actually working with different systems in the body. So very different between pre-workout creatine. Pre-workout, not a fan of. Creatine, highly a fan of. So that's my stance on creatine. The sixth thing I want to go over is BCAAs. This I feel like has kind of diluted at this point, but there was a point where BCAAs were super, super popular. BCAAs stand for branch chain amino acids. So the protein in our body is made up of amino acids. Think of it like a Lego block. If you have a line of Legos, that's your protein chain and each individual Lego piece is an amino acid that makes up that chain protein. BCAAs has three essential amino acids. We need nine. So it's missing a lot of the essential amino acids that we need anyway. So I think BCAAs are very overrated. They're really not going to do much. Again, I think that these were so popular because of the marketing, but honestly, it's like glorified juice in my opinion. It's really not going to help you, especially if you're already hitting your protein goal for the day. You're going to be fine. You do not need BCAAs. They're kind of a waste of money. You are getting essential amino acids in your food. So again, I don't think that these are necessary. They are more of a waste of money. They're not going to make a huge change in you. There are also only three of the nine essential amino acids that we need, so you're not even getting half of them. So save your money. Don't have it unless you're someone that just doesn't maybe like water and you like some taste to your water. Go for it. If you have extra money and you just want to do it, fine. But it's not going to really do anything crazy for you. So save your money. Don't buy BCAAs. Number seven fitness supplement I want to talk about is fat burners. 
This is very controversial, I think, in my opinion, because some people are all for them and want to try them. Some people are totally against them. I'm somebody who is totally against them. So there's like a few uh, ingredients that go into fat burners. One is L-carnitine. One is a lot of them have like green tea extract. Some of them even have protein powder in them. Um, So starting off with L-carnitine, it's not necessary. If you are not in a calorie deficit, just taking L-carnitine is not going to work. You need to be in a calorie deficit to lose the fat. Point blank, period. So if you are not in a calorie deficit, L-carnitine is not magically going to help you lose weight or burn fat. Now, fat burners do have caffeine in them, and that is why they're more successful, is basically a glorified caffeine supplement. The way that it works is that it, it kind of makes you move more, you're having more energy, you're able to do more, and so therefore moving more and doing more, you are put in more of a deficit, which again is not necessary because if you're just in a deficit from nutrition and training standpoint alone, it's not necessary to have a fat burner. You will lose weight if you're in a deficit. These also work by reducing your appetite, which again puts you in a calorie deficit, which again If you're just in a calorie deficit from training and nutrition alone, you do not need to supplement this because if you're in a calorie deficit, you will lose weight. A study also showed that fat burner supplements were less effective than both only exercise and exercise and diet combined. So that just goes to show that they are also kind of a waste in my opinion. There's literally studies that show that this supplement is less effective than working out and working out and focusing on nutrition and being in a calorie deficit. So the point of that study basically is saying, just make sure you're intentional with your training, make sure you're in a calorie deficit. There you go. Nothing magic to it. Both of those things are more effective than using a fat burner supplement. Not to mention also, if you stop using the fat burner supplement, okay, backtrack. If you're somebody who relies on a fat burning supplement and you really haven't changed anything in your daily habits, you are more likely to gain that weight back after stopping the supplement simply because you haven't actually changed anything with your habits. You need to focus on your habits first and then see if you need additional support via supplements. But if you are taking the fat burning supplement, haven't changed anything in your habits, when you stop taking it, you will gain that weight back. So I would rather you just focus on changing your habits, being in a calorie deficit, being intentional with your training, all the other things, than focusing on a fat burner. So again, just like BCAAs, I think that this one is kind of a waste of money. You can do the work and lose fat. If you're not somebody who wants to do the work to lose the fat, using a fat burner is not magically going to make it for it, make it happen for you. So don't just rely on fat burners. Actually put in work to see results that you want. And that's my opinion on fat burners. And the last one I want to go over is collagen. So again, I feel like collagen is one of those supplements that's highly marketed and had a lot of hype around it. So basically collagen is an incomplete protein in the body. It is part of our connective tissue in our body. So that's basically what the collagen supplement is. It's the connective tissue from the source of animal that the collagen is coming from ground up into a powder pretty much. While they can have some effect on hair, skin, and nails, it is, again, not magic. So collagen is one of those supplements that I'm iffy on. If you want to take it, go for it. I'm not totally against it, but I do think that it's kind of overrated. It may have some benefits, like I said, may 
have some positive effects on your hair, skin, nails, but it's going to be pretty minute. It can also help you get in some more protein because it it is a protein source. But again, it's not, I would, I would rather you get your protein from whole food sources and or even protein powder to get a more complete protein source in the body. So I'm iffy on collagen. I don't think it's worth it. I think it's overrated. Use either protein powder or just get it in through your regular diet if necessary. If you, again, want to have collagen, I'm not totally against it. It's not really going to harm you. I don't think there's any real negative effects to it. It's just not magic the way that it is marketed to be. So just be aware of what you're consuming and the way that it's marketed towards you. It's not really going to have a drastic difference on your overall, like, physique, hair, skin, nails. It's it's going to be pretty minute if you do have it. So do with that what you will. Have collagen if you want to be trendy and just, just want it. Don't if you want to save money and not waste money on a supplement. So that's all the ones that I want to cover today. That was only eight. Again, I could go over a lot more <laughs> different supplements in the fitness space, but these are some that I feel are very popular, heavily marketed, and these are my personal opinions on all of them. So if you want me to touch on anything else specifically, DM me over on Instagram at jfafitness, jfa.fitness, I should say. Let me know if you want anything else. I can do a part two. If you have questions on any of the ones that I mentioned, also message me over on Instagram and I will get back to you with any, any questions you have on any of the things that I already touched on. But that's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys learned something new or opened your eyes to different perspectives and my views on supplements. And tune in for another episode next week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Health Club with Julia podcast. If you love the episode, share the podcast and tag me and subscribe so you don't miss any further episodes. If you have any questions, feel free to send me a DM. Thanks for being a part of the club. See you next time.